We are in the third week of a series about change and just looking at truth about real spiritual change, about real spiritual change and what that means in our heart and our life and how God speaks into it. In the first week, we we looked at uh, the reality that real spiritual change cost, that when we're seeking to walk with God and open our hearts and, and grow in Him, uh, there are costs that are involved in that. And we looked at the encounters that Jesus had in Luke 9 on three different people when he said, come and follow me, and the things that he responded to them. And he spoke about the cost that was there, about comfort, about convenience, about the need to make tough choices, about the need to go deeper with him and have more commitment. Following Jesus comes with a cost, but then the blessings, and I I thought of, um, even as I prepared that week and even now, think about what it meant to to be a disciple and to follow and walk with him. It was incredible. And that really came out in last week's text. We read Malachi 3, 8 to 12, and that was about help, about recognizing that when we're on the cusp of moving forward with real change, God is there to be our God and to help us. And that passage was, was centered in um, financial matters, about giving and, and also in terms of resources, um, not only financially but, but spiritually, and recognizing that as we do that and we take a leap of faith, that, that God is there to help us in a profound and in an awesome way. I love the words of verse 10. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I'll not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you will not have room enough for it. And if we claim that promise, when we're looking at the unknown or or seeking to grow and follow him, what a difference that would make. And indeed it does. It's, It's a tremendous blessing and a tremendous promise. And today it just gives me great joy to share with you yet another incredible promise that God gives. We're going to be reading Philippians 4, verses 4 to 9, and this truth is rooted in, really, a lot of what the the children's saying about, about God's presence and the difference that that makes, about all of the things that His presence brings and what it does in our hearts and in our lives. And it acknowledges something that is real for all of us and something that we struggle with at one level or another. It's this thing called anxiety. That's a real issue in all of our lives. Anxiety, stress, worries, doubts, fears. Especially when we're talking about new things. And I, and I thought about that in terms of something like moving, for example. When you, when you move and the newness and the things that, that are there that challenge you. I, I think of children and young people, and I think of the challenges of going to a new school, the challenges of, of making new friends. I think all of us, challenges of things like uh, finding doctors and dentists, and for me a big thing when I move is auto mechanics, Always good to have a, a good one and get some uh, tips on that. But then also about spiritual change, new ways that you're following God, trying to adapt to that, wondering about things. 
Is that not true? Have you ever had something where you said, God, I'm going to trust you on this, and yet there was that, that anxiety that was there, wondering if, if he called you to something new or he was challenging you to grow in a certain area that you had those thoughts and those wonderings, maybe a little anxiety about it in terms of, God, I'm not so sure that I'm able. I'm not so sure I have the giftedness. I'm not so sure that I'm capable. I'm a little concerned about failing you. I'm wondering about this. Have you ever had that? God always equips, always blesses, and, and that's what this truth... It's so uh, profound in, in terms of what it shares. So I just would ask you to join with me as we read this passage and open up your hearts to everything that it is that God will want to say to you personally and specifically. Hear the living Word of God. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the Word of God. Might it be written in our hearts and lived in our lives. This passage was written to um, a church of, of followers of Jesus, a lot of new Christians, church at Philippi, people who I would submit to you were, were willing to hear truth and hear about who it is that God was and what it was that Jesus could do in their hearts and their lives, so they simply chose to follow him. They were eager to learn and grow and be transformed, and I trust and hope that that truth is real today in your heart, in each and every one of us, that we're really seeking to to be, um, to listen to God, to hear what it is that he has to say, to grow in him, to be changed and to be transformed. And this passage is all about that and about his presence and about who it is that he promises to be in our lives and what it is that he promises to bring as a result. And I love how it starts. Did you catch those first words in verse 4? Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Think about that word. Think about what it means. And what it is that God is asking us to do just in that one simple verse. Rejoice. You know, you, you can't talk about joy really and about rejoicing without making a slight differentiation I think between what it means to be happy which is also an emotion and then to be filled with joy and and I thought about that a little bit the differentiation there you know happiness isn't it as an emotion a little bit more fluid a little bit more on the surface in our lives I thought about that as, as I prepared, and, and last 
um, weekend, we had the privilege and the opportunity to go down and spend some time with some people who were going through a really hard time. And when we did that, we had some moments that we, we experienced happiness. So there was laughter and smiles and that thing. And then on the way back and driving back, I was thinking about the joy of having them as friends. So I was happy to spend time with them, but I was filled with joy because it's a, a lasting relationship. And, and then I thought about spiritual change as well. You know, there are moments in ministry that are incredibly um, wonderful and, and lots of happiness and smiles and stuff, but, but I think in terms of overall, in, in the depth, in terms of that joy that abides, it's just simply um, recognizing that God is, is with us and in our hearts. We can have a lot of happy moments spiritually, but there's that deep joy because of who God is. And what it is that he promises to us each and every day. There, there is a difference. And, and God is, is urging us, calling us to rejoice. To rejoice always. And, and emphasizes it. You know, re, rejoice again. It, it, it's profound. It's awesome. And, and I think, think the connection, and if you continue to go through the passage... And again, you relate it to God's presence. You understand and know that that's the, the source of joy, right? I think of what Nehemiah says in, in, in chapter 8.10 when people are, are struggling. He says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. He's talking about presence, about who it is that God is and the joy that it has to create in their hearts, what it is that he said he would do and who is it that he said he would be to them. And that's true for us. And there can't be anything that creates joy like the great Lord our God. And the promises that he brings and then seeing that as we encounter him day in and day out and the fulfillment of his promises. Doesn't that bring real joy? Ah, I thought of a friend as well um, that I had the, the privilege and the opportunity. He was just to, to come alongside of. He was going through a really hard time. He was a, an executive in a company. I always say like mucky mucks, right? So he's up at the top. And uh, he had a lot of things in his life that were going very well. He didn't have um, financial concerns. He didn't have a lot of other things that, that many people deal with. And yet... Um, Initially, when he, when he came to me and, and we started to talk, he, it was really clear that his job was eating him alive. It was a, a very stressful job, had a lot of pressures, and, and he had and dealt with a lot of anxiety because of it. And he just wanted change. He was a person who knew Jesus and was a follower of Christ. And so we, we prayed and we talked about that what it might look like to move out of that anxious-filled, stress-filled part of his life. And the short of it is this. Um, after a long time of praying and having conversations, he decided to take a big leap of faith and quit. So all of the big paychecks, everything, just said, I'm walking away from it. He didn't have any time for his family. He didn't have any time to serve the God that he loved. 
There's so many things that I could go on and share about that. He made that decision, and I want to tell you, in, the, in a matter of weeks, it was almost instantaneous, but then I just saw it, that joy exploded in his life. He, he made more time for God. And, and, and I liken it to, has anybody ever worked with that expanding foam stuff? None of you have ever used that stuff? Yeah, you know, you, you take it and you spray it. And if you, know, if you use it, you know what I'm talking about. And I always overuse it. I put more in there. And then it just goes like that. It just blows right up and it goes everywhere. It also gets on my hands and sticks. And it's, anyway, joy. Expanding foam in the heart. Caused by the presence of God. It is a powerful, powerful promise, and that's why he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. He's saying, as he says that, I want you to be in my presence always. I want you to know who I am, and I want you to claim me, and I want you to cling to me, I want you to walk with me always. Rejoice in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice powerful, powerful truth and part of this promise and this presence. And, and, it, and it zips right into another part of that, something that, that goes along with, with being um, joyful. Verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. And there it is, the Lord is near. Be calm. God is with you. The Greek word is uh, epikasis, if I said that right been a while since I've been in Greek class. But I did look it up. And the root of it, the etymology of it, is speaking about, about being calm. It's about demeanor. About not coming unglued and, and frenetic. And you see that. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. You see the connection? I can't tell you how much I praise the Lord for that reality and truth. And I don't know about you, but when I have moments when, um, a lot of times it's when, when I have that experience in ministry, a lot of anxious people come and talk to me, and, and things are ratcheted up emotionally. And, and I know that in some situations, and isn't this true for you, maybe you're in a situation where there's a lot of anxiety, and I think what, what, what really what Satan wants to have happen in that moment, especially if it's, it's about divisiveness or an issue, he wants you to go there too. And he wants you to, to, to come unglued and be out of control and just everything to go up through the roof. Whenever anything like that happens in, in any anxious moment, the first thing that I do is just pray immediately. When I sense that that's coming or I discern it, Maybe it's by a look on a person's face, whatever, or, or maybe when my car's spinning when I'm going down the road. I'm praying. And I'm praying for God's presence. And I'm praying for God's um, presence to fill me, to, to, to rid the anxiety and the natural um, movement that we have as human beings to own in that and to then move forward 
and to be frenetic or not calm. It's such a powerful, powerful presence and truth that, that when we get filled with that, the change that it brings. If that's not a practice of yours, I encourage you to try it out. Would God say last week, test me in this. And see that if when you are on the brink of something, just to pray. To pray and ask for His presence to just fill you, to overwhelm you. That's really the bedrock of this passage. The foundational truth jumps right into it. You have those first two verses talking about joy and about calmness. And then what do we read? Verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Pray. Getting close to God. Praying to Him always in everything. You see the inclusivity of it? And, and, I, and, and as I, I read that, and as I thought about it, and, and, and I'd like to think that, that I'm a prayer warrior, I spend a lot of time in prayer, but then I had to ask myself, is it always, all of the time, in everything? Well, let's be honest, probably not. I wonder about you. Is that true? When, when there are moments of things that happen or you're dealing with something, how do you handle it? How do you deal with it? You see, what God is encouraging us to do, always present everything with gratitude to God. It's that live stream prayer. You're always just trying to, to be in God's presence and bringing things before Him regardless of what it is, and you're always ready and equipped and prepared to handle things then, right? Prayer, prayer, prayer. I praise the Lord for our prayer team and for the things that they're doing, the way that they're raising the level of awareness. We, we had record numbers of people sign up to be prayer partners. I celebrate that. That's awesome. Always, constantly praying, praying, praying. It's a huge difference maker. And I think about that, and I think about how the world approaches prayer. It's this lifeline thing, right? When I get in trouble, I think I'll pray. And so we got a mess that we got to clean up. I think we should pray about it. And I know that that happens in the church, followers of Jesus. I hear it all of the time. Well, I think I ought to pray now. I guess I better. Or, I, you know, the only thing left that I can do, a phrase that I just don't like to hear anymore, but I still hear. I guess the only thing I can do is pray. That is not what God teaches about prayer. And that is not the power of prayer. Prayer ought to be the first thing that we do because it is the best thing that we can do. It's not meant to be a last resort. It's not meant to be something that we decide all of a sudden to do after we found ourselves in a situation that we're really struggling with. It's meant to be a conversation with God always, constantly, where we're laying things out before Him and we're trusting Him, we're claiming His promises, and we're filled with His presence and His knowledge. It's a beautiful thing, and that's what this passage is speaking about. 
And it addresses specifically, doesn't it, anxiety. Do not be anxious about anything. You see, the reality is this, is that when we're in prayer and we're in the presence of God, what kind of space does anxiety, worries, and fears, and doubt have then? I want you to think about that. You see, see, we're not praying, we're focusing on something else, right? And and one of the things that Satan, this is a great tool of Satan, it's great, he pulls it out of his box all of the time in our hearts and in our lives. Because if we're not praying, we're not not seeking God's leading, we're not filled with his presence, maybe we're fixated on the problem. What does that mean then? Our eyes are off God. Or, or we're fixated on ourselves and, and maybe other things. And, and, I, and I will admit, I mean, and, and guys, this is a thing we really have to work. We're, we're the fixers, the doers, that kind of thing. Not that females aren't. Self-reliance. I can do this. I can figure it out. I, I, when, I, when I start to find myself in that trap, I wonder, what in the world am I doing? Why would I not call on the power of the living God? And let him do what? Just what we hear last week. Open the floodgates of heaven and see this. Pour out so much blessings you won't have room enough for it. See, I've heard it in, in people's individuals' lives, and I've heard it in consistory rooms. Yeah, prayer not being anxious, putting things before the Lord, believing and trusting in His promises. This is so profound, it's so powerful. And I don't know about you, but when I get into a place, when I realize that I haven't done that, I do, I want to like hit myself on the side of the head and give permission God to do it the next time. Pray, pray, pray. Always, everything, first, it's the best. hear God speaking a little? See, and we, we let things like time keep us from prayer. Other voices, ourselves. The reality is, brothers and sisters in Jesus, God just wants to be our God. He wants to be who He is and who he tells us in his word he will be. I don't know, anybody here need a little more joy? Anybody here need a little more calmness in their lives? Anybody here need a little more God? I think we're all in that together. And listen to this promise. This is so awesome. You heard it once, you're going to hear it again. And the peace of God, verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Listen to that. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So let me ask you, have you ever had a peace peace that you don't even understand 
or that somebody around you doesn't? Yeah, it is incredible. And that is a sign that, that you've opened up your heart wholly and completely to the presence of God. And if you haven't, I encourage you, I challenge you to think about what that could look like and what that could mean. To just lay it all down. This is about letting go and letting God go. To come before Him and pray and seek that peace, again, that transcends all understanding, a majestic, awesome, divine peace that only He can give. I do want to tell you that if you, if you pray for that and you get there, it, it will cause some problems because people won't get it. Neither will you. There, there's been times when I've been, been, been filled with his peace and I'm like, man, I should be like worrying about this, but I don't. And other times that I do because I haven't opened myself up to his peace in his presence. Peace that transcends all understanding. And people are going to mistake that for not being concerned or not caring. That's okay. To, to buy into the anxiety and the worries and the fears. How come you're not worked up about this? Peace, God's peace. It, it is incredible. And he's encouraging you to experience it. To fill your hearts with his presence and have peace that passes understanding, that transcends it because it is divine and from him and him alone. And it will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Think about that. And that, that really relates to what follows in the next two verses in 8 and 9. having that peace that guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus from, from worries, from fears, from doubts, from anxiety, and also from being somebody that he doesn't want you to be. Listen to these words, verses 8 and 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever true, noble, whatever is right, pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And then this, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Do you think that Paul is thinking he's perfect here? Absolutely not. He's not delusional when he writes this. He says, whatever. So for those times that I've displayed that in my life, Paul is saying, learn from it, practice it, look and ask yourself questions and, and strive to to have that be a part of your lives as well. And, and I think that is incredible. I've had a lot of great people, mentors in my life that I've learned a lot from simply by doing what? Watching them, learning, putting into practice the things that I see that, that is a godly behavior in their life. So it moves from just being something that I think about or that I might do on occasion to being a part of who it is that I am each and every day. Still got a lot of work to do. But, but that's what he's, he's asking us to do. And again, it's about presence, right? Seeing God's presence in someone else and learning from that. It, it's really, a, a, again, a wonderful thing in a way that God helps us become, how he teaches us and grows us.
this is an incredible passage, so packed with, with, with power, with promises, with truth, about joy, about calmness, about peace, about practice, about presence, about promises. The world that we live in needs all of those and so much more. It needs Jesus, doesn't it? So God calls us together to, to listen, to hear, and to be people that seek His presence, that live in it, that seek to grow, that are hungering and thirsting for more. And if I were to ask you that question, I guess I will one more time. Who needs a little more joy? Yeah. Who needs a little more calmness? Who needs a little more peace? Who needs a little more God? It would have been great to see all of you raise your hands all of the time, but hey, you're thinking about it. That's okay. But know this, that's God's promise to you. I hope each and every one of us, as we think about real spiritual change, about what it means to follow and open up our hearts to let God transform us from the inside out. What it would mean if we claim these promises, just these promises, just in this passage. To be filled with the presence of the great and almighty one, full of grace, full of truth, God's love. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for your truth. Lord, and I praise you for your grace in giving it to us, and none the least, um, as well, your grace in Jesus Christ. Lord, the love that you sent into this world, that gift of grace called Jesus, what a difference it means for us to know that we're redeemed, that you love us so much that you died on the cross for us. Lord, that you gave us the gift of your spirit to live inside. You are more than near. It's my hope. It's my hope, oh Lord, that each and every person here, that you are within. They've claimed that grace. And that you call. Oh, they call you by name and you call them by name. Lord, and that it's a blessing and a rich privilege to know your goodness, your grace, and your truth. Lord, fill us to overflowing to live out these words of truth always, all of the time, everywhere, in your holy and in your precious name. Amen.